Hey, Shakers, and welcome to Worth Your Salt, the podcast that shakes up your marketing game in the health and wellness industry. Worth Your Salt is brought to you by Salt Marketing. Salt Marketing helps health and wellness practitioners build trust and authority to attract a steady stream of inbound wellness seekers. For more information, you can visit us online at saltmarketing.co. I'm Jennifer Oroqua, Story Brand Certified Guide, Marketing Strategist with Salt Marketing, and your host for today's episode of Worth Your Salt. Not too long ago, in a conversation about AI-generated copy, someone commented that if you can't take the time to write it, why should I take the time to read it? And wherever you stand on the use of computer-generated writing, it's important that we talk about it. The recent Hollywood writer strike was our first glimpse into the workforce battle between humans and AI, and the Los Angeles Times astutely noted the humans won. So my guests today have turned this discussion into what they hope will be a movement, starting with their calling the Human Words Project, whose human festo states that they stand for making, hearing, speaking, reading, and celebrating human words. You might be ready to ask me, what does this issue have to do with marketing my business? Well, Dr. Chris Osmond, professor of education, and his wife, Joanna Osmond, a licensed clinical social worker, are champions of the Human Words Project, and they are here to share with us how the power of human words can help you connect with your target audience. Chris, Joanna, thank you so much for joining me today on Worth Your Salt. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here, Jennifer. The Worth Your Salt audience is made up primarily of health and wellness practitioners who are interested in building and growing and marketing their businesses. And what I found in talking to so many of them here is that they often have a very personal and very interesting journey that led them to where they are. So tell me a little bit about your journey and what led you to found the Human Words Project. Like you said, I'm a professor, which means I do a lot of work with student words all the time. And I guess it was about six months ago when I started finding out what chat GPT and AI was just like most of the world did. And so I rolled over to chat GPT and signed up for an account and asked it a silly question. Like I would ask my students and suddenly all these words started tumbling out onto my screen and it really just stopped me dead in my tracks. I just couldn't believe how easy it seemed to be for now my computer that I was used to putting words into and processing words on suddenly my computer was making words for me. And it was something about how easy it was, it seemed to be for those words to just tumble out effortlessly. That uh, just made me realize that the whole world had changed under our feet. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy situation that we're in. And um, oftentimes I've heard people refer to it as uh, your, your, your unpaid intern. They can it can come up with that first draft. So what really is the Human Words Project? What are you hoping to accomplish with this? So we're really trying to start an awareness and a movement. And just as with other things that enter into our field, sometimes people are slow to really getting the impact of it. And we think with AI, what happened was Chris was stressing and thinking about how it was going to impact his field at the same time that I was thinking about it with mine. Um, I'm in the field of mental health and uh, I'd read stories, you know, that even in the future, there are going to be therapists are going to be re replaced by computers, which is just astounding to me <laughs> to think about. And so we were both thinking about how AI would, would change the world in which we lived in. And we thought people don't even really understand why. Why are human words so important? How are they different? Mm -hmm. And if something is so incredibly easy to make, why wouldn't we choose that route? And so where we really wanted to focus was, okay, well, what makes human words unique? And we want to create a movement where people start to note everywhere that human words are. Um, anytime they're creating something with 100% human words, we think that there's even going to be a market in the future for people who only want to receive 
um, information, to receive literature, to receive poetry, a- anything that they know that it's made 100% by human words. We think there's going to be people like us who mm-hmm. really value knowing where it comes from. Yeah, it's a fascinating concept. And and your website, humanwordsproject.com, includes a call for submissions of those human words. And then you're publishing those. What sorts of things have people sent in? That's probably been the most exciting part so far. The website, humanwordsproject.com, exists to do a couple of things. One thing is to make freely available a digital stamp that says 100% human words that anybody who wants to can download and start including on their email footer or on their website or on their blog or on their SoundCloud or any place where they're putting their uh, human-generated content. And the point of the stamp is to really affirm to the world, uh, kind of like a Made in USA sticker or a fair Mm -hmm. trade sticker, that you you should think about where the stuff you're consuming comes from. You should think about whether it's ethically sourced, so to speak, and what you're supporting Mm -hmm. with your choices. So the submissions that we've received so far on humanwordsproject.com have been a whole range of, uh, of just people from all different walks of life sharing words that have mattered to them, both in terms of really casual uh, up to like poets and songwriters and people who, you know, use words to make their living. Why we um, why we started the page Human Words That Saved My Life um, is because I thought about this um, friend of mine who literally she was very ill and she decided to take a week at the beach and uh, learn to recite poetry to herself, learn, memorize a poem. And she kind of credits it with a reset, a recalibration for herself. And so I thought about how many people out there, even in mental health crises or in lonely periods, really have a piece of literature or they've talked to a friend where the fact that those words came from another human being was um, powerful enough for them to credit it with a life-saving moment for themselves. So we let people interpret that how they will when they're contributing to the page. But part of this movement is really to show that it's not just about us. Chris and Joanna don't have ownership over human words. (laughs) We want want to bring in as many people to the movement who love and really just want to bring the joy of it. Yeah, I love the idea of of paying attention to what you're consuming. You know, in the same way that we pay attention to what we put in our bodies, we should pay attention to what we're putting in our minds. Exactly. From what I understand, you're not really trying to fight the rise of AI. You're you're more trying to bring attention to the importance of words crafted by people. So let's get a little bit real, though. What are your feelings on AI? Well, um, uh, (laughs) concerned. I I think I can say concerned. Uh, I guess probably my main insight several months ago was that. We didn't used to have to specify human words because they were just words, right? Mm. So the introduction of large language models like ChatGPT means that now you really don't know where your words are coming from. And I'm struck by how, uh, well, I I feel like I've read that AI has been in a lot of industries for several years now, right? Mm -hmm. And AI is amazing at doing things that computers are really good at, right? AI is better at looking at like uh, scans for tumors. AI is better at crunching big numbers. So, of course, we're not anti-AI for the things that AI is great for, but we really got worried when AI started speaking in human language, right? And started to mess with this basic human process, this basic human activity that is at the core of just so much of our identity of who we are. 
So tell me, what kind of feedback have you received from people as this movement has kind of grown? We have had wonderful feedback. We've had folks from all over um, sharing the message with their friends. Gentleman who wrote The Typewriter Revolution, the book, The Typewriter Revolution, he had put out on his blog that he wanted everyone to start taking this seriously. And he stamped 100% human words on his blog. Well, he sent us a picture of an envelope of a letter that was sent to him that had our stamp on it. Hmm. So that was our first um, moment of this really is spreading and we're going to get more and more um, input such as that. All right, Chris, Joanna, we need to take a quick sponsorship break right now. But when we return, I want to talk about human words and their importance in marketing. We'll be right back after this. The Worth Your Soul podcast is grateful to our partners and sponsors. If you were using AI to produce your messaging, the unfortunate truth is that your competitors probably are too, creating a market where everyone sounds the same. Everyone is on the same social media platforms, saying the same things. The one differentiator today is messaging. If you can clearly communicate your brand story, you can captivate your audience and make your story their story. That's why Salt Marketing offers the brand identity and messaging guide to help you build authority and trust in the marketplace. Inside your guide, you'll get a picture of who your clients are and your distinct brand personality. We'll show you how to communicate in your brand voice and you'll learn what to say to invite clients into your unique brand story. Plus, you will get a marketing playbook to help you infuse your brand messaging in your emails, social media, sales funnels and content. Get started today. Visit us at saltmarketing.co slash services to learn more. That's saltmarketing.co slash services because the best differentiator you have is your unique messaging. I'm back here on the Worth Your Salt podcast with Chris and Joanna Osmond, co-founders of the Human Words Project. So we talked a little bit about the idea that the Human Words Project isn't necessarily anti-AI, but pro-human. And I'm a huge believer in the idea that unique brand messaging is the one clear differentiator available to companies today, um, which is why I became a Story Brand Certified Guide. And just last week, I um, saw a blogger who sells AI training. He came out with a video claiming that he can implement the Story Brand framework with a couple of AI prompts, which I am super skeptical of. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the idea that when we use AI, we all end up sounding sort of homogenous, no longer connecting with people at that a human level of understanding. As I understand it, AI is evolving, you know, crazy fast. And so what AI can do today uh, and what it can do a year from now are probably going to be two very different things. But AI, as I understand it right now, is basically a customer service tool. And I'm really struck by how the voice that I hear whenever I use chat GPT is really a sort of chirpy, um, did I meet your need kind of voice, right? Mm-hmm. And there's something... Uh, there's something about that that is immediately very congenial, but becomes off-putting pretty quickly, you know, kind of like the lobby of a mass-produced hotel. It's like, this is fine, but it's not really a place, you know, it's, mm. it's, uh, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no personality there. And right. as a human, what we connect to is both what makes us the same and what makes us different, mm-hmm. right? We connect to humanity in all its varieties. And so when things are homogenous, I believe, I mean, I'm not a marketer, but I consume a lot of marketing, of course. Mm-hmm. And when something's homogenous and I feel like it's telling a really kind of abstract story about who I am, like I can smell it right away mm-hmm. and I stop mm-hmm. listening. For sure. 
Yeah. And, and we talked a little bit about the, the human words that saved my life. Um, and I, I know that's kind of a stretch to say saving your life and marketing at the same thing, but that's the kind of connection that, that we often look for when we're doing the, that, that messaging and that branding for a brand. So tell me a little bit about your vision for that words that save my life section of the website. Where do you think it'll go from here? I think that one of the things that we've decided we wanted with this project and this movement is to allow it to take on a life of its own which mm. that's a very human thing, right? You know, yeah. we didn't want to say that we're looking one year down the line at what Human Words Project is going to be or two years down the line. So in the Human Words That Saved My Life, I think initially my desire was to show that it can be life or death, having human connection. Mm. And it's interesting you bring that up with marketing, which is also about connection, right? Mm -hmm. So I think I wanted people to be moved by what they found there, to be moved to want to contribute. That's the, if you will, the more serious side of our project. And mm -hmm. then the page words out is where people can put in more lighthearted videos or spoken word, mm -hmm. any way that they interact with words in fun in fun and different ways. Yeah. And to your point a minute ago, Chris, about like walking to a, a very generic kind of lobby of a hotel, you know, we can argue that AI can generate text that sounds like emotion, like, but there's no way for it to understand the nuances or the complexities of our experiences. So what do you think the consequences might be if we lose that idea, this, that subtle nuance of emotion? I think this is a really fascinating question, because when I really think about what we mean about the complexity of being human, I think what we really mean is things like hesitating because you're not sure what you think mm. or hesitating because you're not sure how to say it. And conversely, having the words come almost faster than you can say them or write them because you're passionate and you've caught fire and the inspiration is inside you. You know, yeah. uh, one of the, the thing about AI generated text right now is it's just, it's just like turning on a faucet mm -hmm. and it all just tumbles out and it's competent and it's flat. And as we know, uh, like if it doesn't know something, it'll just make it up because mm -hmm. it's more important to sound competent than to mm -hmm. actually know what's going on. So when we talk about nuance of emotion, I feel like that's actually the very edge of a human's engagement with the world mm -hmm. is that kind of constant negotiation of whether or not you actually know what you're talking about, whether or not you actually care about it. And for me, that's what I respond to when I'm actually talking to a person. What I'm mostly connecting with is just the energy that we're sharing of being human. I mean, I'm a teacher and COVID just about uh, finished me off mm -hmm. because suddenly I couldn't actually be with other people without technology mediating me. And I learned that uh, Zoom flattens, right? Zoom flattens the way we mm -hmm. connect with each other. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know. For, for me, I, I'm, I'm almost grateful for AI because it's suddenly thrown into such stark relief the things that are precious and irreplaceable exactly. about human connection. Yeah. And I would also say as a poet myself, to, to capture the nuances of being a human being, I mean, human beings are so much more complex than anything that can be driven by statistics. And that makes sense. And our our experiences and the things that shape us, I think, play a huge role in that. And AI can't possibly understand that. And, you know, at, at Salt Marketing, we talk a lot about authenticity and building trust to grow a business um, that people will, will work with people that they know, like and trust. So what role do you see human words playing in that effort? What can we be including in our marketing messages that really convey that authenticity, that those experiences that we've been through? Well, I love what you've said about StoryBrand being a StoryBrand marketer, and I know a little bit about it, but we're we're really interested in talking with different whole fields. So we're interested in having a dialogue with 
marketers about this and about what would make marketers want to use AI in their messages versus allowing for the 100% to use mm-hmm. our stamp, the 100% human word. Mm-hmm. I think of marketing is about connection mm-hmm. and marketing is about discovering, am I offering what you really need? And so I think that human words, um, knowing that those words have been generated by another human being actually builds my trust would build my trust in that company. All right, Joanna, powerful stuff. Chris, Joanna, it's time for another quick break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Worth Your Salt podcast. And today I'm talking with Chris and Joanna Osmond, co-founders of the Human Words Project, a new movement dedicated to preserving human words in all their forms. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So be sure to join us over on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook, and let us know how you're using 100% human words to connect with your community. So often in communication and marketing, we talk about connecting with generations other than our own, younger, older, different life experiences. What role do you think that human words are playing in that effort? I take this question a little bit personally because (laughs) the media I consume, I've watched in the last couple of years is no longer really marketing to me. I'm 54 years old and I just don't think I'm the demo anymore. Mm -hmm. And I know what it's like for marketing to kind of talk past me. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think there's anything more deadly, right? Mm -hmm. Than feeling like you're eavesdropping on a conversation that wasn't meant for you. Actually, what this question reminds me of is, is the advice I give to students I'm teaching who are preparing to be teachers. And that is, I suggest to them that in their first year of teaching, they go find the oldest member of the school staff and faculty, and they buy that person a cup of coffee, and they just ask them for the stories and sit down and listen. Because what I think is so powerful about that is a lot of times that person isn't being listened to, but that person is carrying so much wisdom and so much insight and so many stories about when did this building get made? What used to be here? Why is this building named that? And hmm. the real key to that, though, I believe for a, for a new teacher is it gets them to get out of their own wavelength and to really tune in to how another person speaks and what another person cares about. So it seems to me that without human words, And the sort of capacity to use pauses and use space as an invitation for people to fully be themselves, we're going to lose that level of connection. And then how many stories, how much wisdom are we going to lose as well? We also can talk about adding into this question with younger and older and different life experiences. Let's talk about cultural differences. Mm. And let's really think about, you know, what is loss if you're losing the turn of phrase that someone has that comes unique from their culture. I, I think the it, the homogenization of human language is going to be a huge detriment. Yeah, and you make a really good point about culture and storytelling, and that's that's just sort of an intrinsic part of our, our human experiences. So Chris, I wanna ask a little bit about your love of an actual typewriter. Like most of us wouldn't even know where to find a typewriter these days, yet you talk about carrying yours into a coffee shop. What's the importance of this act of creating words offline? <laughs> First of all, let me set you straight. I don't love a typewriter. I actually love about 25 typewriters. We have okay. 30 typewriters in our basement at this whole collection. It's a whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a problem. I have a, little bit of, I have a little collectomania, but you know, it could be Italian sports cars. So I mean, that's I mean, right. There you go. It could be worse. Yep. No, all, all kidding aside, um, I got really reconnected to manual typewriters about two years ago frankly, at a time when I was very blocked in my own writing, because I felt like I was just pouring these words into my laptop and they were disappearing onto a hard drive somewhere. And uh, I couldn't access them again. It's like they had never happened. 
So I actually took down from a shelf an antique typewriter I'd bought a few years ago that I hadn't ever intended to use. I just thought it was a cool thing for someone who liked writing to have on their shelf. But something about the the act of sitting down and making words in actual physical time and space with a machine that that was actually putting print on paper and the fact that what went on that paper there was only one copy of in the world and I had complete control over what happened to it. It could I could burn it, I could uh, put it in a drawer, or I could take a picture of it and put it on my blog and the whole world could see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was just something, something got restored to me back to the process of making words when I took it out of my laptop and started putting it back on paper. So that's kind of my short answer. I, I just think, I think we are kind of like AI has made us reappreciate human words. Mm-hmm. I really feel like we've been living, those of us of my generation and younger, have been living with digitally made words for so long that we're ready now. We're ready mm-hmm. to go back to and reappreciate the the wonder of what it means to make physical words in real space and time. Yeah, and it's interesting that you you say that. That's sort of um, tactile. The, the, the act of creating something. Because I'm I'm very much like that. Why I write things out. Um, I don't necessarily use a typewriter, but I handwrite things. And as story brand guides, we're given a giant desk sized, like a desk blotter sized um, map that we can use over and over again. It's in a whole pad, and you you map out who is this person, what are their needs, um, what 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 are their struggles, and you map all this out by hand. Um, and it's interesting that you say that because that that very act of creating that helps you get inside that person's head and think about who they are and what they need. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting connection there. So on the humanwordsproject.com, you have a great list of ideas on how people can get involved. Um, of course, my way was to invite you on this podcast. But what other opportunities are you suggesting? So we invite people to download any of our various lovely uh, digital stamps to mm-hmm. stamp on anything that they use. They can also purchase um, one of our t-shirts that says, write to me in human words, or Mm -hmm. speak to me in human words, or sing to me in human words, Mm -hmm. you know, in all different sizes and colors and options, and they can spread the word that way. Um, We also have stickers for laptops. So people can say this laptop writes in 100% human words. Mm -hmm. We really want them to spread the message human to human as much as possible. But if they have the desire to become kind of a member of the human words family, they get a discount, of course, on products in our store, but they Mm -hmm. also get to submit something that we include on the website, which they can submit a picture, they can submit words that they've made, they can submit uh, a short story, they can submit anything that they, how they engage in human words and are excited about them. We'd love to be invited on people's YouTube channels and on podcasts such as yours. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to see that people are forming communities all over the U.S., we hope. Eventually, it will spread to people having meetups at local libraries and such. Oh, yeah. I like that. And I also think uh, probably the the personal impact that I hope this invitation has on folks is it, it just reorganizes their relationship with their their own words, right? and the importance of words in their own lives and in their own relationships. I mean, this really is a consciousness raising. This is a call mm-hmm. to to realize that something that's very, very precious to us that we've been taking for granted is now newly precious, right? Mm-hmm. Because if computers can now make words absolutely effortlessly, then suddenly the difficulty of making words is itself very valuable, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the fact that I stammer a little bit when I speak right now that's part of the value of you talking to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that 
a focus on what makes human words like no other words will mean that we appreciate them more. I would also say that we've lost we've lost so much connection in this time post pandemic. During that time, it was such a, a time of isolation and the increase in communicating with others via Zoom. And people are longing to rebuild mm. their human connection and human words are, are are the locus of that. Absolutely. And I love that reference you made, Chris, to the imperfect perfection of human words. Yes. So if I want to if I want to learn more about you guys, about the Human Words Project or how to get involved, where can I go? Humanwordsproject.com. Go check it out. Download a stamp. Drop us a note. Send us a submission. Talk to us about how you can start to raise awareness of the value and preciousness of human words in your own community and in your own relationships. We just want to hold the space and set out the invitation to see if other people can have the same kinds of life-changing experiences that we've had. We also hope that people will come back to the site and watch us grow and also become part of our newsletter community so they'll see how, how this movement is, is taking shape because we believe it's really going to take off. Of course, a link to the Human Words Project and all the other resources that we've mentioned today will be over on our website at saltmarketing.co. But right now, Chris, Joanna, it is time for our lightning round questions. These are a few quick questions I like to ask of every guest. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First question is, what's the best book you've read recently? Let's see. The last book I read was pretty great for about the first half of it. It was Dave Grohl's memoir called The Storyteller, which he published a couple of years ago. Dave Grohl's the uh-huh. uh, former drummer of Nirvana and uh, lead singer, songwriter, guitarist for Foo Fighters. And wow, the first third of that book where he talks about being a young punk rock kid and uh, I'm a drummer too. And it it just really, I really connect with his passion for making music, especially lo-fi live music. It's a really great book. And he was excellent on Saturday Night Live just a little while back. So if you haven't seen that. that. (laughs) That was really good. All right, next question. What is one thing about you that surprises people? Um, I'll take that one. I think one thing that can surprise people about me is that I recently performed for the first time in the vagina monologues, which was what was so much fun. Um, Power to the to the women who out there who produce and who've created the vagina monologues and we keep it going. So that was on my bucket list. (laughs) Interesting. All right. Next question. What is your favorite thing about the work that you do? Well, for me, what, what most feeds me about being a teacher is the fact that I'm showing up with the same curriculum over and over again month after month, year after year, same books, same stories, but the people are always different. And to be a teacher means basically to sign up for a lifetime membership in people watching and Mm -hmm. letting the world come to you in all of its variety. Fascinating. The work that I do with people as um, a therapist, expressive arts therapist and healer, my favorite thing is to watch them grow and change and be a guide for them on that path, but also just supporting the incredible healing power of the human spirit. Very good. All right. Last question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? You know, this one really sneaked up on me, but at the very beginning of my teaching career, I remember the dean of faculty at my school was trying to change our high school schedule so that all the students had a 20 minute break in the middle of the morning, which at the time was pretty revolutionary. Now a lot of schools do this. And he was encountering a lot of opposition because teachers were like, well, if you give them a break, they'll never come back and all of these sorts of things. And I remember he said, just because you don't give people a break doesn't mean they won't take it. <laughs> and that just struck me as the wisest thing in the world because it pointed out that we are who we are and we can insist that people pour themselves into our containers all we want. At the end of the day, we've got to tune in with who they really are 
if we want to actually connect with them and actually be part of the positive stuff in their lives. Brilliant. Joanna, did you want to answer that question too? Or are you good? Don't be a defensive driver. That was a good advice. <laughs> <laughs> excellent advice. Yeah, out there. You'll get in more car accidents if you drive. <laughs> like that. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, Joanna and Chris, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Worth Your Salt. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. We loved being here. And I just want everyone to know that this episode was made with 100% human words and is part of the Human Words Project. And I want to thank our listeners and let you know that if you're ready for your Worth Your Salt debut, you can tell us about your expertise by emailing us at grow at saltmarketing.co. Be sure to subscribe at saltmarketing.co slash worth your salt so you never miss an episode. Finally, leave us a review or give the show a handful of stars wherever you get your content. That's all for this episode of Worth Your Salt. I hope you'll join us for our next one. In the meantime, let's get out there and shake things up. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. That was fun. <laughs>